Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everybody, it's Jessica and you are here for episode 37 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. Guys, buckle up. I am so excited to bring you my interview today with Katie Oldham. She is better known as the Beauty Bureau online and she is giving you makeup tips and real life snapshots every single day on her Instagram and Insta stories and she just tells it like it is. She's empowering women to live their best lives and it's not just about the makeup you put on. It's about owning your inner confidence, owning your inner beauty, and not being afraid to take up space in the world. She talks about her experience with mental health struggles postpartum and especially after her most recent baby, She's really struggled and she gets very vulnerable and real and I know that so many of you will be able to identify with the road that Katie has walked. She is such a fun, fun person and she really feels like your best friend online giving you all the tips and tricks and the behind the scenes and she does the same thing today. So I'm so grateful that Katie is here to share her story. Let's get to it with the Beauty Bureau. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Katie Oldham today. Hi, Katie. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Are you looking at some beautiful view from your home right now? Your house is spectacular, and the view, holy moly. I I wish I were. I'm just in my office, and uh-huh. I'm sitting on the floor because we're doing construction. <laughs> okay, little less glamorous. I had you, like, rolled out on a chase lounge in a poofy bathrobe, <laughs> gazing over the valley. That's what I pictured, so we can just transport ourselves there. so glad you pictured that. <laughs> I also picture that in my dream life, but that is not accurate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, can we talk about building your home? I mean, by all intents and purposes, I just bought my first house. I feel like as somebody that's supposed to be in a Adult, buying a house or building a house like it's a thing you're kind of supposed to do and then you're supposed to feel so great about it when it's done and it's supposed to like the grass is greener is finally greener when you when you move in and it's just like <laughs> I feel like we yeah. all have that perception even though we know it's a bunch of bunk like no matter what your house mm-hmm. looks like no matter where it is no matter how much you've scrimped and saved and finally you're here like it's still just life right <laughs> Yeah. Even when your house yeah. looks like well, yours, which is so beautiful. Thank you. I mean, I, honest to goodness, had almost maybe only 2% part in building our home and designing the home. My husband is a realtor, and so he is a visionary, which was actually quite nice because I was growing a human all yes. last year. Uh-huh. <laughs> or the year before, the year we were trying to get into our house and building our house, I was pregnant. So it was nice to be able to delegate that responsibility and fortunate for me, he has better taste than I do. So he would ask me my opinion on things and I would give it to him and then he would make the right decision. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's <laughs> the way to do it. my opinion. Yeah. So he took, he took the burden of building the house. That doesn't mean that it wasn't like financially stressful or we've been in the house seven months now and there were just like foundation settling cracks. And so that's what they're fixing in my office right now. So we're still under construction. We're still getting the built-ins and you do just feel like, okay, we're going to get the house and then we're going to get in it. Right. You just want to get in it. And then you're in it and you're like, okay, I just want to have furniture in this room. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just, it's not that it's never enough, but there's as a homeowner, there's always a project. Right. Absolutely. And Always. you think once we have more space and more organization, then everyone's going to put things where they go and nobody's going to fight about it. And like, mm-hmm. we have these grandiose ideas and it just is not that way. I know. It's just not. It is not that way. Oh man. So good. So good. Well, I am so thrilled to be chatting with you. I just admire you for so many different reasons and I'll probably gush about you numerous times during the show, but most people know you as the beauty oh, bureau. Nice. Tell us a little bit about who you are and just your background. Right. So my background, I don't know 
how that even plays too much merit, but I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Um, my parents are divorced. They were in an abusive relationship my entire life. And they got divorced when I was about 18. And shortly thereafter, I moved to Utah and found my husband. And you know how it goes, happily Mm -hmm. ever after, which is (laughs) not accurate. But that's where we're at. I'm living the happily ever after zone of my life. And um, I have three kids. And my youngest is one. My oldest is eight. So we have three kids. And we've been married about 12 years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We've had kind of a a similar (laughs) timeline and similar path. So that's kind of fun. And something interesting that I found out about you a little while ago was that you are musical and you were a vocal major, right? Yes. Yes. I didn't finish college. Still. That doesn't (laughs) matter. But I did. (laughs) I'm a college. I'm a vocal performance college dropout. For, for um, that an, was any, my major. an eternal in, college, in college major. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, I'm musical as well and everything. So I love it when I find out. And I feel like a lot of people that, you know, speak or have podcasts or whatever, they do have some type of whether it's like musical theater background or vocal. And it kind of does make sense because while yeah. I'm not like a journalism person trained by any you know, figment of the imagination, my performing background definitely has helped me in this space. And I'm sure it's helped you with, you know, your bomb at Insta stories and, you know, you just, so I'm I'm sure it helps you to some degree, but you never could have envisioned this profession for yourself when you were, you know, working on your opera stuff, right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I did envision a little bigger stage, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm not shy to the attention, so it does make that segue, like, talking to myself in a camera Yeah, a little bit easier. I know that there – I have run into people recently who are like, that just makes me so uncomfortable. And while I see that merit, just because I was trained from a really young age to be on this stage, I'm like, why? Why can't you just <laughs> – Right. Why can't you just talk to yourself? It's far easier to talk to yourself than it is an audience of seven or 800 yeah. And I think there's all things yeah. that come naturally to us that we think when we find out it's not super simple or just a no brainer for somebody else, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that doesn't just come naturally. And then you can kind of be like, oh, that is part of my skill set. That is something that yes. I have that is something valuable about me. And everybody has yes. those things. But if it doesn't like belong on a resume necessarily, like super good at Insta stories or like talks to camera yeah. really well, like, <laughs> You wouldn't necessarily broadcast that, but when you, right. you know, compare yourself to the next person who is deathly afraid of that or shies away from it or feels awkward doing it, you're like, oh, that totally is an asset. So I love helping other people to really bring out what is that thing about you that is so extraordinary that you are doing naturally that somebody else, you know, more struggles with and stuff and use that or teach that or whatever. And you're doing it. Yeah. You're so nice. You really thank are. You. you really are. That's a lot of credit, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think that very strongly. Um, so growing up in the home that you did and seeing the marriage that you did and your parents and everything like that, that had to kind of formulate certain ideas in your mind of what you wanted in a future relationship or like kind of distorted views of me, but I don't know. How did that manifest itself? And then yeah. as you're envisioning, because we all dream about, you know, what our husband will be like and we'll have this many kids and in this birth order, kind of, you know, how did that kind of influence your vision of your future? I mean, it, it was both negative and positive, right? So I, my parents were religious growing up. And so I just assumed that because their marriage wasn't working within the religion that I just needed to abandon the religion. Mm. And so I took that route for a minute and then realized that wasn't actually what I wanted. I wanted to have, I wanted to have what they didn't have. And I knew that it wasn't religion based, that things weren't working. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I, I knew I wanted what they couldn't achieve. So that's what I set out for. Not that I even think I've come remotely close to being the polar opposite. (laughs) You always say, I'm going to grow up and I'm never going to do the things my mom did. And you slam the door as a 12-year-old and 
at your mom, you're like, I'll never treat my daughter in this way, right? Yeah. But then you get to be a parent, and here you are saying those exact things, and as it's coming out of your mouth, recalling how many times your own mom said that to you, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. and just allowing it to come out, right? Um, not that my mom did anything wrong, but yes, I didn't want to be in a, in an abusive relationship, of course. So priorities for me were that my husband had a good relationship with his family, that he was, had good relationships with other people that were indicative of him being able to treat other people kindly. Mm. (laughs) And that is. I mean, he is almost that to a fault, like is so kind and sacrifices so much for other people that now it's like, okay, I have the complete opposite of my dad, but now I'm like, wait, 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 can you pull back and be a little bit selfish so that I can have you all myself? <laughs> See, isn't that crazy? So, Cause you can never have it one way or the other. Like it's never going to be perfect even when you're striving for the, the opposite. Yeah. That's, that's really that hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then in, in, in terms of, of motherhood too, I mean, so many times where, you know, I have been, you know, the least bit critical of my mom and the way she did things. It's like, we're all just doing the best we can when we realize those same things come out of us Absolutely. or something different that's not great. And we all just do the best we can with what we know. And I think the power of mm-hmm. the generation that we've been raised in and, and, and in this time in the world that I think is a little bit unique is the self-awareness tool because I think our mothers kind of thought like well it is what it is like what was modeled for me and just how I am is the way it is and there wasn't a lot of self-reflection of like there's tools and resources and different ways you can you can be if if how what you're doing is not working for you right and there just wasn't Mm -hmm. that awareness and and I feel like in the last 10 years there's been this shift of awareness of tools and resources I think it's because of the online world and just connecting with other people where you see yourself and other people who are seeking help and therapies, you know, kind of becoming destigmatized and everything. And it's like, yes, like even if our natural tendency mm-hmm. is still to slide back into those those ways, you're like, oh, gosh, why do I do that? At least yeah. you can see it. I think a lot of yeah, people I do have to catch myself a mm-hmm. lot. And I don't I don't I can't speak for my mom, of course, but I do think that the the previous generation was a little more like. It is what it is. Yeah. You can pay for therapy later when, as a, when you grow up and have to be in this in this place, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's things to be said for also not reading too much into it, like the striving part of trying to be the best mom you can possibly be. Like that can be taxing and exhausting and detrimental too if taken to the extreme. So for yeah. motherhood for you, early motherhood, once you became a mom and you started growing your own family – Tell me about the best and hardest parts for you in that time, Katie. So I had a pretty traumatic birth with my first, Mm. which is there anything else? Like when it's your first, it's all traumatic because you have no idea. Like you don't (laughs) go into it prepared. Yeah. But I had a fourth degree tear. And when they told me that and they're spending 45 minutes to an hour and a half stitching me up. They were like, you have a fourth degree tear. No one had told me what that meant. Right. Yeah. I... <laughs> and so I'm leaving the hospital and telling people, oh, I have a fourth degree tear. But all the while not really knowing, like, the magnitude of what that meant. And so um, I left the hospital with – I was on Percocet from the day my son was born till four months later. Like a full dose, like driving around. I didn't know any better. So don't come at me, CPS. I'm just like, I didn't know any better. So my doctor was like, you're in a ton of pain. You had this huge injury. So this is what we're going to do to reconcile that. So I just thought this was normal. So then I kind of discussed with my husband. Fortunately, I don't have an addictive personality and I was able to wean off of it just for pain purposes, although I was still sore um, within like a month. Mm. And then I basically woke up from being high. Like I, you know, it wasn't just like the endorphins from just having a baby. It was that I was literally on heavy medication until my son was four months old. Then he started, he was prone to ear infections. So he got a ton of ear infections. And then I started to feel just like sad. 
and I would have to drive around in the car because that's the only way he would sleep was sitting up and no one had told me like get the ruck and play right and we're also poor at this point so we're just in the car and I remember driving up to just on like a backcountry road and just wanting to drive off the side of the road because I hadn't slept and because I felt so alone and I couldn't stop the car and rest it was just like I had to keep driving which is that the biggest metaphor for motherhood I don't know what is but so then a couple days later I had spoken to my husband about that incident and I went in to talk to um, my nurse midwife and I just remember like hysterically sobbing and just like standing while bouncing the baby while sobbing and the nurse midwife just grabbed my baby and she just said I can see you're just so sad you know I didn't realize that's what was happening because people say again in the hospital like you may have these feelings of overwhelming sadness right (laughs) for me the postpartum depression in my mind's eye looked like I was suicidal. I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't want to eat anything. Those were the things that I was like watching out for. Like, oh, if I feel these certain ways, then I have postpartum depression. But what I didn't realize was that you have good days and you have bad days. And on the bad days, things are heightened. And this is the way my doctor explained it because there's something that just gets broken, right? Mm -hmm. In the brain. And how she worded it to me was, if you were to break your arm or your ankle, how would you repair that injury? Obviously, you would go to the doctor and you would get a cast and you would stay in the cast for the allotted amount of time. You would see the doctor frequently to make sure that everything was healing properly. You would have x-rays. You would meet with experts. And she applied that same principle to a break in the brain. Mm -hmm. And when you go through a big trauma the break in the brain needs to be repaired. So at that point, it was a little bit easier for me to swallow, okay, this is what postpartum depression looks like. Not that I have a bad day every single day or that I want to kill my baby or that I want to kill myself because I thought that it was that extreme. Mm. It was just that let's make those low days not as low and allow you to cope Mm. easier. So I went on medication after that, and that was, like, my introduction to motherhood. So anyone who's, like, a first-time mom, I'm like, let me tell you all the things so that you can go into this adequately prepared, um, because I did not feel like I was adequate, adequately prepared for that. Um, and all of that said, like, your first kid is the most important, fun, beautiful, exciting thing ever. Like, I wish I could have (laughs) that time back to like do that with each one of my children. Right. Because you're able to pay so much attention to them and give them all of your energy and videotape all the first steps. Cause you can be there for all of those things, Mm -hmm. which is depleted because we just have less time now with the third kid. Um, but man, I remember yeah, it was like the best of times and the worst of times all during that first like 18 months because I was so sad some days and then other days we were just like laughing uncontrollably because it's so much fun to be a, a parent. Oh, I know. Oh, you just, <laughs> oh, you express that so, so beautifully. And I'm so glad that your doctor was able to help you recognize the symptoms because I don't think at that six week checkup when you're just filling out a checklist right. that it does it justice. And I've heard great tips from mental health professionals that say in the same way you you schedule a six-month checkup for your physical body, you should already have on the Mm -hmm. calendar a six-week checkup with a mental health professional who can adequately – That's such a good recommendation, yeah. Yeah. And and in the same way that you felt like you were not prepared for some of these symptoms or for some of the physical outcomes and things like that, golly, four, three, terrible. Terrible. And I think you as a mom – you're not sleeping, yeah. you're giving up your body, and you're like, okay, this is my new life, yes. right? Like, no one tells you that's not a normal way to feel. You just embrace, I'm a mom now, now I don't sleep, now I don't eat, now I don't do anything for myself, 
Now I just sacrifice every fiber of my physical, emotional, and mental, spiritual strength yes. for another human. But no one, no one told me that's not what it was supposed to look like, right? So I just assumed this is normal. This is normal to feel this way and justified the feelings that I was having because I just assumed, oh, everybody feels this way. I felt the same exact way. I just assumed you had to feel like a martyr to be a mother. I just assumed, totally. oh, well, this is just the hat that I'm wearing now. And then you mm-hmm. have this other side of the coin where it's like self-care and take care of yourself and everything. But it's like, when the heck are you supposed to find the time? Or how are you supposed right. to, in your sleep-deprived state, make those educated decisions to swap out you know, certain, th- certain things that fill your day in order to prioritize yourself? Like, if somebody's not walking with you through that you're not in a space to make those good decisions no on your own yeah. you are really not well, especially going through the first too, time it's like mm-hmm. oh what do we do okay tell me what to do you know and you don't even have the capacity yes as a new mom to say i need dinner tonight i need you can't articulate those things yes because all you're worried about is making sure that the baby's needs are met and you can't necessarily articulate your own needs yeah, is and what you, I found. And you feel like you can't, opinion. and you can't delegate some of the things, you know. So it's like, you know, the getting yeah. up in the middle of the night thing. I've heard some women who make their husband get up with them because, like, if I'm up, you're up. But I always felt like, well, one of us needs to be rested in the morning, so I'm gonna get up because I'm the only one that can feed them the way that I'm feeding them. So you yeah. sleep and you do the morning. Like it has to be that way. But gosh, it's a lot to figure out. It really, really is. So yeah, well, and I even had a husband who did, he just woke up on his own accord. He didn't know any better either. Sure, yeah. He was like, okay, we're, we're in this together. We're, I'm going to get up when you're up. Yeah. Even if I was just nursing the baby, he would change him. And then it's still been that way, which is so great, but it doesn't make, it doesn't make it so that Everything is hunky-dory, even though we were equally yoked. Totally. That makes sense. Totally. Yeah. And when you're trying to figure out what what does work for you, like if that's the dynamic, great. If the other way is a dynamic, great. But sometimes it's just hard and it's never like just because you're doing it like the more right way for you doesn't mean it just gets easier either. So there's all that. So so with your subsequent pregnancies and deliveries and everything, how was that? Did it – get any easier now that you knew what to expect yeah. more yeah yes it did I love giving birth you do like <laughs> now I do I oh, wow. you know I um I do it medicated but I try to go as long as I can I have a great hospital and a doc I have a different doctor now and he's so empowering I just I'm able to do like whatever I want during wow my labor and I love giving birth. I loved the birth of my second and third children. And yeah, I, I love, I hate being pregnant, but I love giving birth. I could do it. I would rather give birth every day for nine months than be pregnant for nine, <laughs> nine oh, months again. See, I'm the exact opposite. That's that is so interesting. Bless you. Oh, is there funny. anything well, that you... we need to get together and be like a hybrid human? <laughs> <I> <laughs> Is there anything that you did differently your second and third times to make it a great experience for yourself? The doctor being different was really more empowering for me. Um, Knowing that I could, not that I'm always a martyr, but I do like everyone else being comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so um, in my first labor, I was just pretty, I was just concerned about who I was inconveniencing. And the second and third, I kind of owned my space. Does Mm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. Just, I could say, no, thank you. Like politely and just say, no, we're not ready for the epidural or, you know, I would, I would like to do these things. I was a little more in control Mm. if that makes sense. But I don't know if I had, I would have ever gotten to that place had I not had the opposite experience. Yeah, so yeah, everything just worked better the second time. And I don't know if that's the credit of my doctor. I went to a different doctor, a different hospital. I had to, like, clear my mind yeah. of that first experience. And I just had to say to myself, the last time I gave birth was worst possible scenario. So it can only get better. Yeah, for sure. And you definitely can have <laughs> PTSD. And totally. it is a traumatic experience. It definitely can be for people. So. I think that's huge to recognize and to make those shifts so it can be a better experience. 
Hey everyone, I know you're loving getting to know Katie, but I wanted to thank one of our show sponsors that makes this show possible, and that is Grove Collaborative. Okay, so did you know that 70% of people say they want to use natural products, but only 2% do? <laughs> yeah, that's why Grove Collaborative makes finding healthy, affordable, effective formulas easy and convenient. And now over 500,000 American households shop from Grove for their healthy home essentials. So I spend way more money when I walk into a box store. You too, right? You go in for one thing, you go in for detergent, you come out with a whole new outfit, right? I need to cut that. I need to cut that seriously, especially with the holidays coming up. So Grove Collaborative makes it so easy to stay within my budget and they take all the guesswork out of how to shop for these great natural products in one spot and it's delivered to my door. So the all-purpose cleaners that I used to use that's full of harmful chemicals, no more. Grove has completely done all the research to providing healthy plant-based, non-toxic cleaning products and good ones that actually work all in their marketplace for me to choose from and they send it to my door. Thank you very much. If you've been around here, you have heard me talk about I'm obsessed with dryer balls. These wool dryer balls have replaced my uh, dryer sheets. Yeah, it's fantastic and they're reusable. So great. I also love Grove's candles and of course they have other major brands like Mrs. Myers. So many great options. I want you to try Grove for yourself. Their site is so easy to use. You can even sign up for recurring shipments and it makes it that much easier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. For a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co slash EEP, you will get a free five-piece fall gift set for Mrs. Myers and Grove. Free shipping and a free 60-day VIP trial. So for a limited time only, you can choose from best-selling fall scents like apple cider, acorn spice, mum and pumpkin spice, exclusively sold at Grove. So simply go to grove.co slash EEP to get this exclusive offer. Grove.co slash EEP. Thank you so much to Grove for sponsoring the show. Now let's get back to it with Katie. So you have three kids now. Three kids. You're doing a great job, Katie. You're doing a great job. But I know that the last year or so, I mean, you've had a lot of moving parts. You've stepped more into your business and growing that. You are the BFF everyone wants to head to with Ulta. Like, it's just, tell me about the last year of your life. Tell me about all the moving parts and what you have learned about integrating new parts into your life in new ways and how you've kind of changed, whether it's like in your motherhood role or just kind of your view of life. Like, How's the last year been for you? Terrible. <laughs> and this In is short, why we love you. Um, this is literally why we love you because the, oh, from the outside, it, it like maybe it looks like I'm succeeding in so many ways and I don't discredit the successes that I've had, especially I launched a product line mm-hmm. in February of this year mm-hmm. and it's been incredible. Did I start working on that before I even got pregnant with my son, who's now a year? Yeah, I did. And was it a hard two years to get that product into place because I was super sick being pregnant and then had postpartum um, after him? Totally. And so it, the past year, no one, everyone said three kids was going to be tough, but I wasn't prepared there's just not enough hands. There's not enough time. There's not enough space. There's just, there's never, it just feels like there's never enough and someone's always crying. Mm -hmm. And, um, we even have help that comes in at least three times a week. I have someone helping clean the house. Like I, I'm very good at throwing money at problems (laughs) (laughs) and delegating (laughs) responsibility where it needs to be. Um, but still my sanity was a little bit on the fritz. Um, because I was trying to do too much on the business realm and not realizing that it wasn't necessarily this past year, like mom guilt, but just missing my kids. Mm. I wanted to show up in a big way for my business because I'm responsible for selling the products. I created the products. I need to stand behind them. I can sell, I can send them to like Sydney Crawford, but if Sydney Crawford doesn't love them or have the passion for them like I do, it is still my responsibility to sell the product. And then it's still my responsibility to show up at carpool and to show up at swim team and 
to, um, and I want to be those things for my children. And so just this past month, I hired somebody to take on, like, I was doing customer service, so I've delegated that out. <laughs> I was doing mm-hmm. all the emails, I've delegated that out. I was doing all the brand partnerships, so I've delegated that out. I've delegated someone to take care of ads. It was all of these things that I didn't realize um, I had taken onto my plate within the past year, but that were in the back of my mind, oh, yes, I need to do X, Y, Z. And even when I was at swim team, feeling like I was incomplete in some way. Sure. Does that make sense? Do you resonate with that? I Holy feel moly. like we want to show up in so many ways and then we're showing up in that one way and we're just thinking about all of the 10 other ways that we can't show up. And so I couldn't physically, I knew I couldn't physically show up in all the ways I wanted to, but yeah. by throwing money and <laughs> delegating that <laughs> issue to somebody else, I have actually doubled the, the money that I've made already in that one month. Wow. Um, and so that's been really empowering for me because again, you want to be the person to have it all, but I don't, I don't want to be the person that answers emails. I want to be the person that's at Ulta with you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just have to focus my energy on what I like doing. And then I can show up in that way, um, authentically and happily. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm sacrificing and that is conveyed when you're, when you're on a social platform, in my opinion, yeah. and that's where everything started. Um, and so I do love being that best friend that you want to take to Ulta. So that's what I'm focusing on as well as being the best friend to my kids and showing up for them in big ways. Well, the thing is, Katie, you couldn't have come to this point of clarity and knowing the next right move for you in outsourcing some of these things. If you hadn't gone through the rub of the last year. And, that's, no and it's hard to right. and it's hard to do that year, and you don't want to do that year, and you want to be out of that year faster. And everyone has been through that year, where they've had the rub yeah. of feeling like they're failing at all the things, right? Because mm-hmm. they're trying to, mm-hmm. to to do everything that they genuinely want to do. You want to do yeah. your business, but you also want to be with your kids. So then when, when you're with your kids, even if your phone's not out, you're thinking about what you need to be doing next, even when you're in a different yeah. place, right? We've all yeah. been there. And so, well, and I was thinking my son is just starting to walk. He's like, Mm -hmm. he's over a year. And I was like, where is this going to happen? And now I'm, I'm watching him walk and I get emotional even thinking about it because he's at a place where he's crawled for so long that his legs are really strong. Mm. And so he can stand up from the floor. He doesn't have to be holding on to something. He can get himself up and then walk a few steps. And then he kind of like, crouches down into like a squat and I've been watching this and again it gets me emotional because and and thinking like that's where I've been this last year Mm. like I have just been in that squatting position and trying to walk and trying to move forward and there's no way to start running until you get that squat Mm. to walk position strengthened and that's just where I'm at like I can't you can't ever run he's not going to be able to run until he gets that strength yeah and it's not necessarily a confidence thing he thinks he can walk (laughs) fully he thinks he he will lean forward and he doesn't take any steps forward it's the practice and it's the um strength that he needs he's super excited about walking and he wants to walk and he knows how to do it Um, it's just that strength that I'm also learning and that I had to learn this past year is to just get the strength and then I, and then I can run to where my confidence is at, um, mentally and what I want to achieve mentally. Does that make sense? Gosh, I love that word confidence too, because like you said, he had confidence all along the way. So like, yes, the goal was walking and eventually running. Right, yeah. but but even while he was squatting, even while he was a super crawler, I had one kid that looked like he was crawling and fast forward. He was so fast, and he didn't walk until eighteen months. And we're just like, kid, yeah. like the doctors are worried. Like stand up, walk, <laughs> right? But but he was like crawling and fast forward, and and he had yeah. all the confidence. And so it's like, do you have the confidence right where you are today? Even if you're not 
even if you're miles away from the goal or the where you think you mm-hmm. want to be, do you have the confidence today to keep showing up? Because day after day, eventually it will lead you there. And you will get to yeah. that point because the strength will get you there. But if you stop, I listened to a fantastic business podcast with um, Ryan Rand the other day and he talked about he's willing to do the hard things for longer than most people. And that's why he's been successful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's, he thinks he's had a lot of success in business, but he thinks he hasn't even done the big thing yet. And everyone on the outside's like, oh, you're doing the big thing. And he's like, no, right. no, no, no. I'm training. I'm learning. I'm equipping for the big thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's yeah. going to be yet. And that's super scary. So whether it's in motherhood, whether it's in business, whether it's just your own acceptance of yourself as you are, can you mm-hmm. accept yourself today and realize you haven't even done the big thing yet? And it may not be big in terms of what the world sees as big, but you'll know mm-hmm. when you're doing the big thing. Yes. Won't you? Yep. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And that is where you're, we're all just trying to move toward that point, but we just have to keep showing up. And mm-hmm. when the days are really, really hard, when you feel like you're getting so much resistance, just to like maintain that squat position. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to fall down. I'm just going to strengthen my legs in the squat position as long as I possibly can. And then I'm going to stand up and move forward again. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's the trial that's going to make, make, the successes all the more fulfilling. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many metaphors in your life when you're looking for them. Right. And there's things like this in your life every single day. We can watch your kids and the progress they're making and everything. And you, when you cheer on your kid walking for the first time and you're acting like that's the biggest thing they'll ever accomplish in their whole life. Right. You're like, you've done it. And then you did something really hard yesterday, let's say, and you hardly gave yourself a minute's pause to be like, "Right, you did it," because it's yeah. not bigger, or it's not different, or it's not looking a certain way, or it's not totally seamless or ease, you know, full of ease. Gosh, right. Well, as an adult, you don't want to be treated like a baby. No, <laughs> right. I don't right. want people to view me that way, but yeah, if that's. That's the compassion and kindness that we do need to treat ourselves with so yeah. that we can be more forgiving and move on. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Well, you do such a fantastic job, like we said, sharing beauty tips and everything online. But more importantly, tell me about the mission of the Beauty Bureau. Like, it's not about the makeup. It's not about the products. And it's not just about getting people to go buy things. What is the mission? Um, the mission started from the postpartum phase of my life, um, because I wasn't spending that time. Um, but upon further reflection, I realized that it stems back even further to when my mom went became my parent. So my mom was emotionally, mentally abused her entire marriage. And even as a child, I knew that she deserved more. I would intervene between fights that they were have, my parents were having because I wanted to stand up for my mom. I've just taken that passion and wanted to stand up for more women mm-hmm. and just teach them that they're, they deserve more than that. They deserve more than um, being treated like scum, mm-hmm. not just a man, but by themselves. And so makeup turned into a tool that I could use to not only draw the attention of other women, but to show them how they could display their best selves. Mm. That doesn't mean that you have to be perfectly contoured or that you have to wear a bright red, just that you are making yourself a priority and showing your children that you're making yourself a priority in reference to being a mother but just showing everyone around you that I made myself priority today and I'm not going to allow anyone else to take advantage of me or to not make me a priority as well. That does, I think it's very inherent Hmm. that women are self-sacrificing and uh, it's easy for us to show up in ways for other people. But when you're pouring from an empty tank, (laughs) you're left with fumes to run on right and we've heard that analogy a million times 
Um, but it's Brene Brown that says you have to put that oxygen mask on yourself first, and then you can help everybody else in the airplane. That is what I want to empower other women to feel and that I have to keep reminding myself that I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a journey that I, that that is my mission to achieve that, to make sure that your oxygen mask is on first so that you can be your best self for everybody else. Mm. And on days when you are struggling yourself, like if somebody were to tell you what you are trying to tell other women, how do you believe that yourself? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Because there's so... That is the biggest question because um, those who can't do teach, I guess. Um, (laughs) The the reason that I created this platform was for myself to remind myself that I was more than the abusive relationship with my dad and that I deserved more as a mother. And you know, that's a constant progression for a year. I haven't worn makeup in the way that I did before. And I was just talking to my husband about it and just, I've had to like wake up at six 30 to get that accomplished. Um, but it's just been different sacrifices and it's just miniature little pivots because once as a mom, you get into a routine and you're like, this feels so good. Right. (laughs) And then something else comes in. A kid gets sick. Someone, you know, something traumatic happens or something little, which causes you to pivot and find a new cycle. And that's just how mom motherhood works. So in trying to find that for myself, I have to give myself grace on those little pivots. And then what is my baseline? What's the, what is it that equals self care for me? And a long time ago, I read the actual definition of care and it says to take painstaking and thoughtful attention. Hmm. And I think we say like, self-care, watch a show that you want to watch, eat bonbons in bed, Mm -hmm. take a bath. That's not taking painstaking attention to what you actually need. Um, And so trying to be reflective and meditative of myself and say, what is it that I actually need right now? What is it that's overwhelming me right now? Communicating that to my partner, communicating that to the nanny, communicating that to a neighbor just sending that little white flag, like I need help. I can't do it all Hmm. on my own. I can go into myself and recognize what I need, but then I have to articulate that to other people and out loud to myself so that that can get accomplished. Hmm. Yeah. I, I love that so much. And I love that you said that you created this space for yourself essentially, because I mean, the same way, sometimes I feel like a total fraud having a mom podcast when I want to sell my children at the end of the day. And you're just like, (laughs) okay, if anybody knew, if anybody really knew how I lost my shiz on that, you know, like when I talk to moms who are sitting in a hospital room with their child, when Mm -hmm. I talk to women who have been through things more challenging than I can imagine and have an outlook of appreciation that is attainable for me, where I am. I don't, you don't have to go through the hardest of the hard to appreciate your family and to, right. to look at what you have in front of you and feel like it's enough. You don't have to wait till you lose something to feel that way. And I love these reminders I get on this podcast and through these conversations. It is such a beautiful reminder. And these conversations serve as much to me as they do to anybody that listens. And I feel the same exact way because it's not about being a perfect mom. It's not about you know, wearing makeup every day and styling and, and, you know, being caught at Target only looking dressed to the nines and put together, right? Mm-hmm. For you, it's it's about being real and reminding yourself of what really matters. And it's about being authentic. It's about the roller coaster ride of motherhood. It's about sometimes having that time for makeup and sometimes just not because you're doing something else that you've painstakingly mm-hmm. chosen to do instead. Yep. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, wow. So one of the questions I wanted to ask was, what do you think most people get wrong when it comes to beauty? And it's, it's kind of like what you just said about people thinking it's about the makeup or doing it right. It's really about showing up 
confidently and feeling like yeah. they're in, in control. But like on a surface level, is there anything that I need to do differently actually with my makeup that I'm doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> that is probably one of the biggest questions. People are very stressed about like sure it, what they're doing wrong. And it's the bottom line is you're doing something wrong if you feel crappy when you walk out the door. Yeah, just because somebody else rocks a red lip, if you don't feel good about yeah. that, you don't have to do that, right? Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. <sighs> I feel like we just all need to, like, breathe deep. I think this is going to meet so many people. Ex- breathe deep and apply makeup. Yeah. <laughs> it's very therapeutic for me. If it's if it's not yeah. – Um therapy session like what's Mm. the point Mm. I think like if it's not enhancing or making you feel any better then you're better off without it but Mm. I just want everyone to feel amazing in their own skin when they wake up in the morning I know that we all have struggles coming to that point um and that's why I think makeup is such an awesome tool it can be that oxygen mask sometimes Well, and that's why you have a makeup kit in your car. You have a five-minute face versus longer when you have longer. So, like, there's just such versatility in that. And if you can find something that works for you where you're at and then also feel confident enough to play around, I love that that's something that you provide to people that follow you. So tell people where they can find you um, online because you are just the best when it comes to tips and tricks and dupes and things that are worth it. I mean, I just know that I can trust you. And I was just talking to somebody last night about, like, if online feels so inundated with people trying to sell you things and stuff, but I feel like you're trying to save us money, even if we're spending money (laughs) because I know I'm not wasting and you're like, take it back, like walk in confident and be like, this didn't work for me. And you really are trying to give us the tools that can work for us without being like, you need to buy the most expensive things all the time. So I just really appreciate that. So where can people find you Uh, online? Thank you. That warms my heart that you think that because that is my, goal as well to make sure that you are getting only the best of the best you can find me at thebeautybureau.com spelled b-e-y-o-u-t-y and that's linked to my instagram and my shop is there as well and you have your new line of products katie that are so amazing so the brushes and the shower cap and the makeup wipe am i missing anything what else? Oh, yeah, the pimple popper. Got, the pimple popper. We got hair clips. We got sunglasses. Oh, girl. Come on down. We got all the things. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they need to check you out for sure. Katie, I know there's a mom listening who's struggling right now. She's in the middle of your last year. She feels like she's drowning. She feels foreign in her own skin. She wonders if it will always be this way. Would you say something to that mom? I see you. It's not easy (laughs) and it's not going to get any easier until you practice that squat position Mm -hmm. and by communicating with everyone around you, you can get up and start walking again and then eventually start running and get back, back in the stride. But Mm -hmm. geez, three kids, (laughs) (laughs) one kid, any kid, all the kids, like it's just hard. It's just hard. And anyone who tells you differently is a bold-faced liar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Katie, this has just been such a wonderful therapy session, essentially. And it just feels so good to feel like somebody else gets what you're going through or where you've been. And when you're able to just crack open that door a little bit into what's behind the curtain on your life, and, and mm-hmm. have somebody else, you know, reach that hand through and welcome you into their life as well. It's like life is so much more bearable, you know? Sure. We don't want to stand alone. No. We don't want to stand alone. No. It feels way better and more comforting to know that we're not alone. Yeah. But sometimes you have to be the one to take that first step. Everyone's a little bit afraid or a lot afraid <laughs> to open up and to, to share that vulnerable side. So sometimes it's just a matter of going first. So whether it's yeah, the, your friend circle or, you know, befriending that mom at the park that's sitting alone. You know, you just never know. Katie, earlier we never talked know. about the things that make you extraordinary and believing in the things like you said. You're talking to camera is something that comes naturally to you but not the next mom. And I think we can believe in our strengths. We can become 
so much stronger and accomplish more than really we ever thought possible. And I want women to believe in just how extraordinary they truly are just as they are. So I want to know from you, what is something that makes you extraordinary? I am pretty positive. I try to show up on social media in a positive way. I try to show up with my kids in a positive way. I have the power to change the vibration wherever I'm at. Mm. And so this past year, it's been hard to be that person, like more a conscious effort, but um, to show up in a positive way and make positive vibrations out from me is something that I know that I'm good at and um, that I try to keep perfecting because I'm not obviously perfect at that. Um, But for my kids, for my husband, for the people that I come in contact with at Target, Mm -hmm. that's what I want to be. You're doing it. You're doing it. I that's that's a great answer, and I could not agree with you more. That is, and again, it do- doesn't belong on a resume. Like I'm I'm a vibration enhancer. Like that sounds yeah. sketchy, <laughs> right? Like you're applying for a whole different job, right? But that is beautiful. Own that, Katie. Thank, thank you. you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. I think you are an extraordinary woman, mother, and I'm just so proud of you and can't wait for all that is to come and to see what your real big thing is because you're doing the important work every day. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. So if you didn't already know Katie before this episode, I urge you and encourage you to head over to Instagram, check out The Beauty Bureau. She will give you not only makeup tips, she will not only compare expensive makeup and very affordable dupes. She will not only help you to find your favorite foundation, like the one that I have that's L'Oreal, she will show up and let you know you're not alone. And you know what? You could do that for somebody else today too. You can show up and check in on a friend. You can show up just as you are right where you are and offer up your story and your strengths, and your talents, and I guarantee it will be a benefit to somebody else. I guarantee you. That's what stories do. There's so much power in sharing and that connection that comes from that. So I want to thank Katie for sharing her story and her journey today. It was such a wonderful conversation, and I got so much out of it. Um, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist three or on Facebook over at extraordinary moms podcast. Everything that we talked about today, how to find Katie, everything is linked at extraordinary moms You can also find past episodes, there, show notes, and you can always search by topic as well. That's a great way to find specific episodes that you want to listen to. Thank you so, so much for being here today. If you have shared the show recently, I really appreciate it. There are moms out there that need to hear these stories and to feel like they are less alone. And I hope that they will know that we exist right when they need it, you know? So thanks for sharing. There's so much power in that. Be sure to tag me so I can say thank you. Alrighty, everybody. We will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.